ringraziarvi per questa opportunità di essere qui, di portare proprio la parola di Dio e anche per la vostra parte, il nostro ministero che il Signore ci ha dato in Italia. No, I have to go to English. I know you guys don't understand Italian because it's actually much easier in Italian than it is in English for me. But I just said uh, it's a privilege to be here as the photos, uh, to have you as a part of our ministry that God has given us in the country of Italy. And we just appreciate so much your faithfulness to us, both in prayer and, and financial gifts. And uh, yeah, as Tim has said, I brought my lovely wife. She's the best part of our ministry. Uh, Lorena, Lori, everybody calls her, and our son Jonathan. We have two other children. Our oldest is living in Vancouver, British Columbia. He's been there for the last five years. And uh, he was part of EA Sports at one time and is now still, still working in the computer stuff up there and uh, freelancing for now some kind of movie. I don't, I don't even hardly understand his stuff. But anyway, so he's up there and uh, married to his wife, Judy. And our daughter, uh, only daughter, is down in Naples, Florida with our two grandchildren. It's terrible going to bed with a grandmother, I got to tell you guys. Anyways, we'll see if you guys are awake this morning. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> get used to it. But uh, yeah, so she and our son-in-law are down in Naples, Florida with our grandchildren. And uh, my mom is down there also. And yes, those who followed us, are, my dad passed away now February 7th. And we were JS Auto Supply in Jamestown, also here in Sherman for a while. And that's what gives me the privilege to be a part here, to be able to know Pastor and his wife all these years. And as I always re reminisce and go back and realize that when I left for Bible college in 1984, uh, Pastor Paul gave me my first Dave's topical Bible, which I still have in my library to this day, and it reminds me all the time of him when I pull that thing out. But uh, we just appreciate so much to be able to be back here and uh, see what God is doing in and among you guys, and especially this town of Sherman, because we understand the need of Christ everywhere, and especially in this area. And like I said, well, last week we were down in, in um, Panama and shared with them and had a great opportunity to uh, be with those guys and see what God is doing down there in Panama. But we desperately need Christ everywhere. And um, he's been doing some great things. If you were not here in Sunday school this morning, we were sharing a little bit about our ministry. Uh, we are now running between 90 and 100, sometimes over 100 on our Sunday morning service. We started from nothing, and God has just blessed us as we've gone forward. But as I preach, and if you go with me to Matthew 28, very familiar passage. Uh, if you were in our church, I'd have to tell you the page number, because sometimes we get guests in there. They know nothing about the Bible and not to embarrass them. I usually allude to the page number so they can look like they're smart and know where the Bible's, you know, what the Bible has to say or where it's at. But Matthew 28, 16 through 20, which uh, completes that gospel and also completes the chapter. And uh, like I said, it's a very familiar passage. It's known as the Great Commission. In Italian, it's called the Grande Mandante, which means the, the sending off, the great sending off, or we call it the Great Commission in English. And if you're there, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to, Gal went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. As I said, it's a very familiar passage, and we allude to it, especially as a missionary being sent off as he was sending his disciples off to continue the work that he had started. As we all know that Jesus was elevated into heaven, and of course, a few days later is when the Holy Spirit came down, filled them flames of fire, and we saw a complete difference in those men as they went about sharing what, God, what Christ had commanded them to do. Well, we all know you guys have a beautiful sanctuary here, and God has blessed you with the different additions as we've gone forward over the years. Uh, I want to recount a story to you to give you some kind of idea here of where we're heading. In a large city, there was a very prominent church building, 
and built out of bricks, and uh, it was just very well known. It occupied the whole city block, and uh, they were known for, it was four-story, and uh, they were well known in the community for the beauty of the building, the ornateness of the building, and the great preacher was very professional. They had a professional choir, and important people attended the work there, and uh, they just thought that this was going to draw people in. Well, um, and they also, as you walked into the foyer, they had a large marble statue, 10 feet high, of the, of the, of the image of Christ with his arms stretched out. And, and so all of these things they thought were just going to bring pre people into this church. Uh, but unfortunately, this uh, congregation was dying. Uh, even though they had all this, all these, uh, you know, they were very impressive and, because they didn't reach out. They had the idea that people would come because of who they were, because of the building, because of the preacher, because of the choir, because of the statue. And, uh, but one night, a fire broke out. And the building went up in flames. And uh, during the fire, during the flames, the, the floor underneath the statue gave way. And of course, the statue collapsed and went down into the basement area. Well, the next day, as they were cleaning up, the whole building had been destroyed by the fire. They weren't able to put it all out. And well, they realized that the statue of Christ had just fallen down right into the basement, had not broken, stayed intact. So they brought in a large crane with uh, straps to put underneath his arms and to lift him up out of the basement uh, gradually and slowly, not to break it. Well, at the time that they were doing this work, a couple of folks were walking by on the other side of the sidewalk there and noticed the statue coming up out of the basement. And uh, they looked at each other and said, well, I guess all they have is Jesus now. Because the building was gone. And all they had, Jesus was left. If you were here in Sunday school, we alluded to our our verse that we use is building on a foundation. In the following verses in Corinthians, Paul tells us, Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. The church building is an illustration of nothing survived except for that statue of Jesus. And uh, they had no building left, no place for the sharp preacher, no place for the choir. No place for anything. And that's exactly what we've been teaching in Italy. And that's what we emphasized when we were here this morning for the Sunday School Hour, was the fact that we are teaching that all we have is Jesus. Nothing else depends on anything else. This place could burn down. But the most important thing you have in your hearts and in your hands is the Word of God in Jesus. And that's what we need to build on. That is the foundation of everything that we do in our ministry and in this ministry, and that's why this church continues going and bringing forth that light. Because he said, and I alluded in the scripture, said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is a commandment that is still existing today for us. It's just not for the disciples or for the apostles who were standing there that day. Because he said that, that he would baptize them, once you lead them to Christ, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you. It is he who is with us. It is he who builds the ministry. It is he who is our rock and our foundation. And the church is established by Jesus' authority. It exists for him and him only. Because we know this building is not the church, is it? It's we, his people, as his church. We could be meeting out in the middle of a field, and we'd be his church. And that is the important thing that we need to keep forward. And that is what we have pushed and stressed while we built the ministry there in Italy. Because a healthy church will build itself upon Jesus and nothing else. <laughs> not around the preacher, 
or the building programs or anything else, but Jesus only. Because, in fact, one organization did a study of what a healthy church was. Okay? They wanted to have some idea of what was it that made these churches tick. And so they came in and they studied these churches that were growing, having an impact. They were really reaching out to their community. And so they came in, and, and some of the highlights, I won't allude to everything, but some of the highlights they found a healthy church has a high view of Scripture. Okay? Believe in the whole Bible. Says what it means. It means what it says without error. Amen? <laughs> That's what we stand on. That's what we preach. is isn't the Bible. But anyways, that this is the Word of God. It doesn't contain it, okay? But it is the Word of God, okay? Because anything that contains anything is not what it is on the outside. As we all know, it's the Word of God. Truly, everything inspired from Him. Another thing to discover is that the members read the Word each and every day, Okay? Because it's important for you, if you were here in a Sunday school hour, it's equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. You had people up here ministering this morning. Because, like as I shared, we all have gifts. And so it's important that we read the Word to know what God wants us to do. Because how else are we going to do it? I mean, in our travels, if I didn't have a GPS or a map, how would I get to the different places? We need guidance. And the same thing in our spiritual life, we need to know what God has for us because He has every one of us a ministry to do and to follow Him. And the only way we know him is by spending time in the Word. And we emphasize that with our folks. In our church over there, to spend time with God each and every day. The other thing that they discovered, this group, was have a priority and focus on the world. Okay, mission trips, giving to missions, folks going out to serve on the mission field. Because that just stirs our hearts to have us realize that God is working throughout the whole world. And we need to be involved. And that's why we thank you guys for your partner ministry over there. Okay? Because that's what Paul was saying. The souls that have been led to Christ, by the way, more than 70 Italians have now been come to Christ, and over 60 of them have been baptized. That's a miracle, okay? But because of your help, because of your making us possible to be there, we have been able to bring that light, and that's the reason why we call our church the Lighthouse, okay, to bring that light in the darkness, to see souls change and see hearts change and transform. And that is the, the blessing of it. Is that they keep missions in the forefront, not just here, the giving that goes here, but to be able to give out and to be involved in that and to go on mission trips and to, to experience. In fact, I invite anybody to come and see what God is doing in Italy because that will just stir your heart to see what the Lord is doing because it's only him. Well, another thing they discovered was that the members were actively involved in evangelism. Okay? That's what I try to encourage all of you. We are capital M missionaries. But if we're in Jesus Christ here this morning, and he is our personal Savior, we are all missionaries. Amen? We're all M missionaries. Okay? We may be capital M, but you're small M missionaries. Because this ministry, okay, you've got a fine preacher now. God has brought a great kid here. Kid. Got to say kid. He's yeah, a lot younger than us. Okay? Younger than my youngest. Anyways. Uh, but a young man here, okay, that God is going to use. But the ministry does not depend upon Tim. It depends on you. Because the only way we're going to fill these pews up here is by you folks reaching out. I can't stress that more, more enough. Because I am here today, and my wife is here today, because someone took the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with us. And from that, God has used us now to reach the Italians. I mean, you have to be reaching out. That's what's going to build this ministry. Not pastor going door to door. It's you reaching out to your neighbors. You, where you go shopping. Anywhere we can be a light to that darkness and that testimony of the people around us, that's what's going to build it. So, I mean, what does it tell us then with these points that they found out? To be a healthy church, we need to believe in the book about what it says in Jesus. And God forbid if this church ever goes off-road, as we say in Italian, okay, that this word is no longer the Bible, as we know is the word of God, because it is so important. 
because he commands us to make disciples, all each and every one of us. And I'm here this morning to challenge you because the spodos are being used of God in Italy because the spodos were already being used of God in the United States of America. From the night that he saved me, from the day that he saved me, I couldn't stop talking about Jesus Christ. And folks, we need to be excited about our faith. We need to be excited of who Jesus is because there's nothing better. If you haven't noticed, our country is going to hell in a handbasket very quickly. Okay? And what is happening around the world right now, it hasn't happened to us much here. But we need to, the only thing that's going to resolve the problems that we're facing is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and making disciples and discipling them. Because Jesus' highest priority for us as believers is that we make disciples, his disciples. But how do we do that? We need to be convinced. You need to be convinced in your heart that that is what God has called us to do from number one. I mean, I remember getting saved on that Tuesday evening. Wednesday morning, I'm out there witnessing to every one of my customers. They thought I fell out of bed and hit my head during the night. I mean, what happened to Spoto? I mean, for those who know me, I mean, even if somebody came in and said, what's he doing behind his pulpit? Okay? I had the opportunity to come back for our 40th class reunion. I, you wouldn't believe the eyes when they found out what I was doing in Italy. Okay? Because of the transformation. But only Christ can do that in our lives. All I knew is I could sell a million dollars of auto parts, but it's nothing compared to leading a person to Jesus Christ. There's nothing. And that's why you're seeing the blessing in Italy. Because we went there with the goal and the purpose of, of sowing the seed. Because like I tell everyone, God doesn't call us to save anybody. Can anybody save somebody here? Nobody. Only by the power of his Holy Spirit, people get saved. But what did God tell you? You guys are a bunch of farmers here, right? I mean, this place is filled with farmers around here. Any good farmer knows what do you got to do come the spring. You got to plow the field. You got to, if it's a brand new field, you got to rip all the rocks up, all the stumps up. You got to get it cleared out, don't you? Because the next thing you need to do is make the furrow so you can go out there and plant. And after you put that seed down, what can you do as a farmer? <laughs> That's it. Because we don't make the rain, we don't make the sun. And it's God who's going to bring the increase. It's God who's going to make those seeds grow. And that's exactly the same principle that he's given us in his word. That he has called us to be sower of the word, sower of the seed. Because when we plant that seed, and especially in hearts where he's working, we're going to see results. We were told, you're not going to see anybody saved when you go to Italy. I can remember sitting at lunch with a, then a, a missionary to Italy, been already six years there. Okay? And we sat there at lunch down in Florida. He said, you're heading to Italy. You're trying to raise your support, but I don't want to discourage you, but you're not going to see. Maybe a kid might get saved, maybe interested, but maybe some women, but men. Our church is full of men, full of men. Not because we're great, but because we stay faithful sowing the seed. Because I knew that more seed we sowed, we're going to see results. We're going to have something to cultivate on the harvest time. And that's the premise. That is what God expects from all of us, folks. Because I'm telling you, there is nothing better than when we see the seed of the word of God get planted in their hearts and it saves them and it transforms them. And to be able to disciple them and help them grow in Christ and to see how God starts using them. That is the blessing. There is nothing that goes beyond that. And so we have to be convinced of that. Because I say that because most people don't realize it. Don't realize that... The, that we all need to be doing it. You know? But if we're going to be healthy Christians, we need to t take the commands of Scripture personally, especially the command of why Jesus came. What did he tell us in Luke? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. What is God's will for the world? That all to be saved, isn't it? That is his will. Now, what does that happen enough? 
whether or not that's that leaves it up to man's part. But God's desire is that all men to be saved. So if the priority of Jesus was to seek and to save that which was lost, what should be our priority? I'm, I'm, we need to understand what the priorities are in our life. Because, folks, I'm telling you, someday we're not going to be here. Every day that goes by is one day closer to that hole. And what do we want to make with our life? What do we want when we show up that day before him? Because he tells us we're all going to be presented before him. Because we only have one life, folks. And I don't know about you, but I want to expend it for Christ. That's the minimum. That's the least I can do for what he's done for us. Because you as farmers, where do sheep come from? From horses? I mean, nowadays, it could come from anywhere. Because did you know there's one state you can X male, you can X female, or you can X X? You don't have to be anything. We're crazy. This world's turned up upside down. But where do sheep come from? Sheep, right? I mean, sheep produce sheep. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that's what Jesus calls us in his word, the sheep, and don't take that as a compliment because they're the stupidest animals out there, as we all know, for people who raise sheep. Because if a sheep falls and he ends up with all four up like that, he's not even smart enough to turn himself around. So if you think being called a sheep is a great compliment, you better wipe it right out. We're dumb, but we have a great shepherd. And that's what he wants to do is to lead us because God tells us in his word in Psalm 100, know that the Lord, he is God, that is he who made us and we are his, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We have a great shepherd that will lead and guide us and use us in our stupidity, okay? Because people say, Tim, I don't have the gift of evangelism like, like God gave you. It doesn't matter. We're all to be evangelists. Because there's people out there that I would never reach with my personality, but there are people that you will with your personality. That's the uniqueness of who we are. That's the neat thing of how God has created us. Because there's people I'll never, that will never listen to me, but they'll listen to you. I mean, he wants his flock to grow. Any good shepherd wants his flock to grow. And that's what God wants of his flock. Because if you think about it, folks, we become too complacent in our Christian walk. We, as time goes on, we just let, start letting things go by, right? Especially in evangelizing, we just get more and more complacent. And we get into a place that's just coming to church. And maybe, you know, that's I've done enough for God. And, but the point is, what do we do when we walk out of those doors? It's not enough just to be here. It's Sunday afternoon, Monday through the following Sunday. That's where it counts. That's where the rubber meets the road. Because it's not reflecting of your life. Because if you haven't realized it, we're millions of people, but we're more and more closed in. Old Fache book, Facebook, that is in English. Okay? The social media, Instagram, Snapchat, you know, all these things that a few years ago we didn't have. And if you haven't realized it yet, we're talking less and less to people. We're doing this, right? How many people have been hit crossing the road because they got their nose down in their phone or run into a light pole because they don't realize it's in front of them or run into people because they've got their faces down here? We don't even know anybody's around us anymore because we're talking this way. And I'm not saying that we can't use that media, but unfortunately, it's closing us in if you haven't realized it. Because think about your life. You get up in the morning, 
In Italy, they don't always take showers. So we bring antiperspirant back to America. Anyways, and that helps. But the point is, we get up, hopefully we take a shower, right? We eat breakfast, we go off to work, we do our thing, we come back, we eat supper, and what do we have? 50-inch, 60-inch, 50,000 channels to watch and nothing to watch, right? Nothing to watch, okay? But we got all these channels, and we've got Apple TV, and we got Netflix, and we got Hulu, and all of these things, don't we? And I'll binge watching. There's people who close themselves in on Saturday and don't walk out until Monday because they watch one after another, Breaking Bad, and all those good things that are on TV now. So how do we reach out, folks? How do we reach our neighbors if we're closing ourselves in in our house? You know that since I've been here, I was watching one program. A lady, not even a Christian, realized, I think it was in Texas. They're a little more sociable down there. She realized she didn't know of her neighbors. So you know what she did? She moved her picnic table off to her front lawn. And she started sitting at her picnic table reading a book. And as people would walk by the sidewalk, they started asking her, what are you reading? And she would start a conversation with them. Before you know it, somebody would come and sit down with her. Before you know it, somebody came and brought a book and started reading with her. Before you know it, the picnic table's full. And before you know it, you know what? The whole neighborhood started putting their picnic table on the front of their house, in front of their lawn. Folks, we need to reach out. You support the Spotos. Would you want us to be close in our apartments over in Italy? I'm telling you, Italian chocolate's great. It'd be wonderful to sit in my chair and put my legs up and eat chocolate and Hey, First Baptist, keep sending your support. It's great in Italy. We have to be creative. We have to look for ways to build bridges, to reach out to people's life. How do you think more than those 70 Italians have gotten saved? By sitting in our apartment? Folks, that's what I'm trying to challenge you at. You've got to start reflecting of who you are in Christ and what are you doing for him. Why is it that your expectations of us is one way, and our expectations to you can't be the same. Why is it that it only stops when we get off a plane in Italy and it's not the same principle here applied in America? And that's my challenge to you. Because someday I want to see souls put to our account from First Baptist Sherman. Amen? Because you see, that's the only way this flock is going to grow. And I'm going to tell you right now, we all know when there's a new baby born in this congregation, there's nothing more exciting, right? We got new birth here. We got some youngins coming up. But there's nothing more better than having youngins that are in Christ, no matter what age they are. Because it brings emotion, it brings excitement within the congregation. Because just like before we left, there was nothing better than to see Yvonne, who I've been doing conversation English with for the last four years, come to Christ. I'll probably start crying. And not just Yvonne, but also Nico, who I've known since 1995. And to have the privilege now to see that 17-year-old come to Christ and now that 55-year-old come to Christ. And there's nothing better, folks. I'm going to tell you that. And until you experience that, you're not going to understand anything what I'm saying. Because we go on our Christian life and we do not understand what it means to be involved in the lives of others. And that's what it means to be a missionary, no matter where we are. And that's my challenge. But we don't just want to plop ourselves before a TV, do we? Is that all we want out of life? I hope it's not. Because how do we go about making disciples? 
Like I've already alluded to the fact that getting to know them, introducing them, we have to be creative in all things to try to reach out to that Catholic country because they can have that. Because if you don't realize it, in Italy, nobody talks to nobody. <laughs> You'll see people walking down the, down the street like this, and they won't speak to you. So does that mean I don't speak to them? You have to get involved in people's lives. You have to get to know them. And so that's why we do, we do every which way. You know how much pizza, pizza evangelism we do? I mean, because in Italy, you don't invite them necessarily into your home. You guys got pizza shops around here. That's a great way. Hey, let's go have a pizza. Because in Italy, at least, no matter how bad the economic crisis is going on over there, they can eat a pizza. And so we invite them out for a pizza because we sit there all night. Our table is ours. Nobody kicks us out. Nobody's trying to turn the table. So we'll sit there, and that's what opens the door to share Christ with them. In fact, one of the main families that got saved is we end up 4 o'clock in the morning at their house. Sharing Christ with them. Because they invited us over after the pizza. Well, we have to believe that, folks. We have to believe that God wants us to be used. Uh, there is, I don't know if you realize it, but in one sense, God doesn't need us. There's a, there's a, a great Bible study out there called Experiencing God, okay, that came out a few years ago. Probably 23 now, probably. Okay? A few years ago. But the whole point of that, the whole premise of that study is that God is working in this world, and he gives us the privilege to participate in that. That's the neat thing about it. He can make a rock speak. He can make an ass speak, right? A donkey. He doesn't need us, but he gives us the opportunity. And that, when we got hold of that in 1993, that just turned our ministry upside down. Because you know what? It's not us. It's his. And all we have to do is start praying, God, where are the hearts? Give me, direct me to the hearts where you're working. And allow me to plant that seed. Because you know what? Where God is massaging the heart and getting rid of those uh, scars, okay? The hard parts, that seed's going to take hold. And that's what we started doing. God, start giving us the people that you're working in their hearts, that you're drawing them. Now, as they say in Italian, which means the moth towards the light. You ever seen when you turn your night, your porch light on at night, how many moths get attracted to it? That's exactly what we need to be, is that light, bringing those people to Christ. I mean, I remember I remember when we, went to, we started our first Bible study. I alluded to it a little bit at Sunday school, but I was shaking out of my boots. This was 1994. Okay? But we stepped out by faith. I preached that first sermon in 1993, and that was, atro that was atrocious. I go back and read that thing. I'm thinking, I can't believe I even preached that thing. But anyways, uh, it took me 70 hours to get that first sermon done. Whew. I couldn't wait to get rid of my wife, too. Anyways, but I was scared but because, I mean, her motor was already running. She was already speaking Italian. When we got there, she can converse. I said the dogs knew more Italian than I did. Okay, They could respond. Because okay? the Italian I knew, I had to forget when I came to Christ. Somebody got it. Okay, I'm glad you're a little bit awake. But the reality was, we stepped out just from the context we had made and said, we're going to have a Bible study. It was September 24th, 1994. I remember like it was yesterday. We opened the door, and there were six couples standing there. It was all by faith. We didn't know if anybody was going to show up. And like I said, in Sunday school, five of them remained for the year that we studied the Bible and, and they ended up doing a one-on-one -on -one study with our landlady because they walked, they didn't want to come anymore, he didn't want to come anymore, but who's been coming to our church for the last 20 years? And he led her to Christ as a result. Well, 
when we get the chance to share about becoming a believer in Christ, they need to be believed, they need to repent, they need to confess their sin, and be baptized. And talk about being baptized, that's a major step for them over there. Because it's one thing to pray, accept the Lord, and you can stay in your own little quiet world, but when you get baptized over there, you're stepping out and you're reneging everything you've grown up. Because you see, in America, we are Americans and we choose what religion, what church we want to attend. But when you're Italian, you're automatically Catholic. For them, to get baptized and turn their, their backs on, on, on Catholicism is a major step in the family because then you realize they're cutting all the ties. And so we emphasize that and to have them realize what baptism is all about. But folks, we, we need to take every opportunity. And that's what we've been doing, and that's why God's been blessing, and that's why there's a church, the Lighthouse, there in Avigliani, Italy. We're in the northwest, about an hour from France, an hour from Switzerland. And God, we wanted to go to a place where there's no, no man had gone before. And that's why God has blessed that. And now our prayer is that that ministry continues on as we go through our transitional period. But folks, you know, we, there's so many opportunities we miss because we're not looking for how God can use us. And the story I want to share with you, I'm a father of a Down syndrome, as you see here. And if you know our testimonies, it's because of Jonathan's birth that we are now in Christ. Because it was Jonathan's birth that was the catalyst that opened up Lori's, Lori's heart three months after he was born. And I was a little more testardo, as we say in Italian, a little more hard-headed. So it took me two and a half years, and it wasn't easy two and a half years to live with me. And uh, God miraculously opened my heart, and uh, you know, because of Jonathan. But there's a story about a missionary. Missionary, capital M, full-time, like us, okay? Who is boarding a plane go to another city. And he gets on the plane, and of course we all have our assigned seats, and he goes to sit down, and he was in the center, and there was a young lady sitting next to the, on the window side. As he settled into his seat, he happened to look over and realized that she was down. So as they're sitting there, and other people are boarding, all of a sudden she says, and see, if you're a father of a Downs, you'd understand this is exactly the way it goes. Because see, Jonathan never meets a stranger. Okay, we'll be in elevators. What's your name? My name's Jonathan. I mean, he has no problem telling people, okay? And so this young lady says to him, uh, Mister, did you brush your teeth today? <laughs> and, of course, he was taken aback, and he said, Well, yes, I brushed my teeth this morning. She goes, Good, because that's what we're supposed to do. So then he thinks, okay, he got through that one. Next thing you know, here comes the second question. She goes, Mister, do you smoke? And of course, as a Christian and a missionary, he says, No. He says, You know, I don't smoke. She goes, Good, because that makes us die. So then, as we're sitting there, she says to him again, She goes, Mister, you love Jesus. And as a missionary, he says, Well, as a matter of fact, I do. He says, I'm a missionary. She goes, Good, because that's what everybody should do. Okay, wish that was the end of the story. Because now, another fellow shows up. And of course, there's a seat empty over here. So he sits down. Hey, somebody already knows where I'm going here. So all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, the elbow starts. Ask him. Okay. And he's thinking, I'm not asking anybody anything. And she keeps prodding, okay? And she's, ask him. And he goes, sir, I, I hate to really interrupt you, but my friend here, wants to know, did you brush your teeth this morning? Okay. 
And of course, the guy looks over and, and he goes, well, yes, I did. And so then she interrupts and says, well, that's what we're supposed to do. So then, so he's figuring, okay, next thing you know, in comes the elbow again. Ask him. So he finally turns over and he says, sir, he says, I hate to interrupt you again, but he says, she wants to know, do you smoke? And he looked over and he says, well, no, I don't. She goes, good, because that makes us die. So now he's thinking, oh, my goodness. You know, don't tell me. I've got to ask the third one now. So all of a sudden, she starts with the elbow again. And he, she goes, ask him. And finally, he turns to him. He says, sir, he says, one last question. She wants to know, do you love Jesus? The guy broke down. Started crying. Saying that he had been wondering and asking those questions of what God, what life was all about, why he was even here. And the missionary took the opportunity to share the gospel with him and led him to Christ on that plane. I recount that to you folks because we never know that the simplicity of that younger lady using that missionary to reach that fella, because we just never know what it's going to take to reach him. And in Italy, God has given us a very nice location. We're right next to the train station. We have hundreds of people going by us every day. That's why God gave us, given us the food bookstore there to be a witness there. And, uh, you know, of course, in 2000, we had that $400,000 gift given us to us so that we were able to buy the bookstore. Praise God, we don't have any rent because we wouldn't be able to stay there. And also our 5,000 square feet downstairs. So we have a great location, a great building. And I think that there's a, probably a pretty decent preacher there. And our music, I have to tell you, has gotten a lot better. Because I remember when I was in Bible college, I'm thinking, why do I have to study music? I'll never need this. Guess who was leading the music in the beginning with? And guess who was yelling at me? Anyways. But now our music has really gotten better. Praise God, follows there. Okay? And we have our youth group, and we have our Bible studies. But I want you to know that none of these things mean anything if we don't use them to bring people to Jesus. He is the reason that we exist, folks. He is all that we have. And even if we didn't have our building over there and we didn't have our location, we would still have Christ. And that's what we need here. And I just want to ask you this morning, if you're here today and, and you say that all you have is Jesus. Not to embarrass anybody, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I called on this area for 13 years. And there's some people that I run into here in Sherman that 10 churches, and while I was calling on them, never heard one word about Jesus. So are we really in Christ? Do we really know what it means to share? See, folks, every one of us have a testimony. Every one of us can share what God has done in our lives and tell other people. We don't have to go to Bible college. We don't have to, you know, do any kind of Bible study per se, but God in a simple way will use us. He will fill our mouths. He promised us. You're looking at a guy that when I signed up for candidate class, they did a language aptitude test. Okay? Of course, my wife got 20 out of 10. I, I was minus zero. Okay? But because they called me in. Seriously, they called me in. They said, uh, we would really recommend you to go to an English-speaking country <laughs> because you have no aptitude for language. 
but my God is big. I don't know about yours, okay? And they said, because you are a little hard-headed, we will let you go and see what God will do. And God has done. So I don't want to hear about where you're in America and you know the language and you know the culture and you know your neighbors of why we're not talking. Because what got me going over there was I was, I, I, I'm a kakiron, as we say in Italian, I means I'm a talker. And I was so frustrated in the beginning not being able to share Christ with people. Thank God, I got to get this language. I got to be able to tell people who you are. And that was my motivation. God's blessed that. One day it just clicked. I, don't ask me how. It just did. Because I ain't smart. And so my point is this, folks. If you can use me, you can use you. We need to start sharing. And if you're here and you're in Christ, praise God. But if you're not in Christ here, I want to encourage you to make that decision. To trust him. To repent of your sin and put your faith in Christ because he's the only way. He's done it all. But if we're in Christ, we need to be sharing folks. Because like I said, I come to this town and I am shocked the people that I knew in my past that never, ever talked to me about Jesus. And I praise God for Carl who befriended me, took that opportunity. Folks, we can't live in a cocoon. You have a town out here that needs to hear Christ. You have a country where we're serving that needs to hear Christ. You realize there's 31,000 towns and villages in Italy that have no gospel witness. And now we're going to reach them. That's my challenge you today. Not to offend you, not in any way, but to challenge our heart this morning. To start sharing and asking God to use us. You realize that that's all we need to say.